0: join me in giving a very warm welcome to mr gordon henderson a true dominican legend a pioneer and entrepreneur who is celebrating 50 years of success in the music industry welcome gordon we have been counting down so welcome to the program
1: thanks a lot thanks for having me
0: Now I don't know anyone who can claim 50 years of success in any industry, much less someone who came from Dominica and has has succeeded on the international stage of music. So congratulations on your success.
1: Well, thanks a lot. Although saying 50 years of success may be exaggerating a bit because there have been bumps along the way ups and downs but every down has always been an encouragement to go a little bit higher up absolutely so i like to say 50 years of in of career Let's absolutely absolutely i certainly agree
0: so by way of introduction where do you currently reside And what does life look like for you right now?
1: I live in Paris, France. And uh, from 1975, I have lived more or less in Paris, France. Because in 1975, with the group Exile One, which was based in Guadeloupe, we moved to Paris, France because we got a recording contract. Which was very rare at the time. Right. The group Cassav for example, got a recording contract with a major company almost 20 years later. Really? Which was the group. Wow. And from 1975, Paris was the base, but sometimes, not sometimes. There was a whole load of travel and. So Paris was the base, but not necessarily the place where it was called home.
0: Okay, I see. I see. Well, thank you for sharing that. And your contract actually preceded that of cassava So that is an important point to note.
1: Well, we can't take a lot of co- uh, of credit for it. Is because we preceded the group, mm, We're older. Okay, I see what you're saying. In terms of the age group although some of the guys in kasab are practically my age right but we are older i see as a band yes so let's talk a little bit about your
0: early start in the in the business now i know that you won the junior calypso monarch way back in the day and i'm just wondering you know <laughs> i read your magazine thank you for sending it and i did a lot of research on you <laughs> So I'm just wondering, was that what sparked your interest in looking towards being successful with music? Or did it start even before then?
1: No, it, it, it started before that. Um, in fact, I entered the Calypso competition more to get a girlfriend or, or two.
2: Makes sense.
1: because. I I probably still am but fundamentally I was a very shy boy
2: yes
1: somebody said that michael jackson was shy but shy people sometimes can conquer their shyness with stage performance right so i used that um as therapy Mm -hmm. and as i said at that age to attract at least to get a girlfriend did it work 12 or 13. yes it did (laughs) (laughs) so that was what was important then at at that age at that age i think it's important for most little boys particularly like me i i had a brother he's dead now Mm -hmm. Uh, but he was 11 years older than me meaning when i was five he was like 16 and we never really grew up together so i was like an only child i see and i didn't know girls so to speak Mm -hmm. so at 12 13 we start sparking interest in girls and would look for little gimmicks and calypso was mine well the most important thing is that it worked <laughs>
2: yes it did
0: <laughs> now now let's uh, stay uh back um during that time period or a little bit later after you finished um high school so it sounds like you got an opportunity to have what by dominica's standards we would have considered good jobs you were a teacher you worked with the gist banana industry and you were an insurance salesman which by dominica standards a
1: good jobs. So why take the leap of faith and go pursue music? Well, for many reasons, although there is one that dominates the other reasons. I think I was fortunate to get these jobs first because when I left St. Mary's Academy, I honestly thought that I wanted to become a brother. Ah. You know, the the St. Mary's Academy was run by the Christian Brothers of Ireland. Yes. Yeah, that's the name of the order, Mm -hmm. Um, but they were Americans, Mm -hmm. and we had something called Vocation Week, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if I wanted to impress them or if I really wanted to become a brother but i said that i wanted to become a brother so they trained me to be a teacher in fact <laughs> in fact one of the reasons that i enrolled myself for being for becoming a brother was i one of my passions in high school i was was boxing yes yes i was a boxer and my coach brother McGraw, (laughs) was his name he told me well that he was young and he hadn't taken his final vows as yet right i couldn't tell that because to me all white men look the same age they look the same but i think he might have been something like 25 or 26 but he looked older to me then. And he told me that if I decided to become a brother, I would get free, well, not free. I would get college education Mm -hmm. at their college Mm -hmm. in the States, and I would have to work as a brother, as a teacher for four years in return i see so i thought that that was a good deal yeah but before that they would have to train me Mm -hmm. to be a teacher and see see what would happen after a year Mm -hmm. after a year i made up my mind (laughs) that i didn't want to become a brother i see so that's how i became a teacher Mm -hmm. but the teaching i found the salary i loved teaching but the salary was too low yeah absolutely and i got this job with gist industries probably because of the way that i was dressed Mm. when i went to the interview because the salary was about five times it was a middle management job i don't think i had the experience but in those days teachers used to be dressed in ties right. and i had my tie and my cuff link mm-hmm. and i went to the interview and i remember the interviewer started laughing i said but why are you so dressed up mm-hmm. i said i'm so dressed up because i'm a teacher and i just took an hour i got an hour break to right. come so and the conversation went very well and he employed me in middle management that and i left that job despite the pay because um the insurance company wanted a musician to play in their band interesting. So i had two birds with one so- stone so to speak mm-hmm. so i moved to the insurance company what to answer your question I was never happy with all these jobs because my main objective was to pursue music as a career so you I always started, had that calling yes 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 from a very early age even early. when I was at the SMA um, I used to go to the library and read the lives of, of various singers. Mm-hmm. That's how Sam Cooke, an American soul singer, mm-hmm. became my mentor, so to speak. Um, and not only as a singer, mm-hmm. but as an entrepreneur. Right. So I always saw it that way um, since my very early
0: Dance. Yeah. Now I have to tell you, I'm um, learning about you and reading up, reading up about you. It sounds like there was such conviction in you when you began pursuing music, in terms of taking out a loan in your own name to buy the instruments and going over to Guadeloupe and and getting the instruments and negotiating that whole process. So, so were you convinced that this was going to be a success, or were you working more of a, you know a prayer, a hope? That this was going to work out, because there was such conviction in what you were doing.
1: Well, in hindsight, I think I was naive because I was a hundred percent sure that everything would work. Right. And later in my life, I read books about positive thinking, and then I realized that I was a positive thinker. Probably if I had had, if I had had a, a, a failure in one of these endeavors probably that would have destroyed me. But everything despite the hurdles always worked to my advantage and very quickly. But there are certain risks that I took, even going to the, the JB Charles Penny Bank to get a loan. That was very, very naive. I didn't have an account at the bank. The only thing that I was convinced that if I were to explain the situation and explain that I would be able to repay the loan and the source would be from my salary because i had a job and or from the revenue earned with the instruments with from the band and i i today i'm very surprised that the gentleman (laughs) he approved the loan yes (laughs) Yes, Well, it sounds like you were divinely
0: ordained um, to do this work. So for anyone who's just joining us, we're speaking to Dominica's music legend, Mr. Gordon Henderson, and he's just walking us through the process of how the group got started and his hurdles and his successes along the way. So for our uh, listeners who are a little bit less familiar with Dominica music, what is Kadass music and how did it originate?
1: Okay cadence lipso that we 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 call cadence for short is it's a little bit complex slash simple at the same time because it originated in paris france strangely interesting created by dominican musicians and what were the circumstances mm-hmm. we had this group exile one in Guadeloupe, and we were like most caribbean groups at the time when we released our first record we recorded songs and musical patterns that were popular at the time mainly on radio so this means that our first album we had calypso we had reggae because jamaica has always had a strong influence on the caribbean um particularly at this time later with bob marley on the world and american soul music and funk music as it was called back then still called i think now we had this record and it became successful it went number one on a, 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 a huge radio station that was located in Montserrat called Radio Antilles. Yes, I remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They used to broadcast in English and French, Mm. so their reach was really regional with a lot of power. And we became popular in Guadeloupe where we were based, and uh, a concert promoter, I say concert, but it's more like a dance because that clientele, very much like most West Indians, they're more inclined to attend dances than concerts. So our popularity brought us to Paris, France to perform at a dance.
2: Right.
1: So we played our hits reggae funk soul and the people applauded but after an hour the promoter came and told me as band leader you have to make the people dance now we to understand can i slip so i'm going into all this detail because the context is very important the people the audience there were people from martinique Guadeloupe, and french Guyana. so these people were people who were nostalgic of home they applauded but what they wanted to do was dance and they wanted to dance the music of back home so the funk and the reggae was fantastic but this is not what they came for they didn't pay for that. So by some um, I don't know, but it is something to me that is even spiritual. I told the guys, you know what? We are going to creolize the music. By, by that I on mean. the stage, on the stage, right, right on the stage. But there's nothing exceptional about that any um caribbean musician anyone you can try it and experiment it as a matter of fact there's a university somewhere in the united states i forgot the name i think i put it in my book um zookland where they challenged me of the way that exile one creolized the music on stage because they don't think it's possible but i can say that any west indian musician particularly those from the the, the creolophone countries we have some kind of polyvalence, some kind of diversity within us and we can start playing a song
2: mm-hmm.
1: a reggae song a bob mali song no woman no cry that's reggae, right right Right, and we can right. we can calypso it. No woman, oh no cry. Oh, that asleep. is amazing! Thank you for sharing that. That is amazing. And, and we can jazz it up too. No, no, no. Woman, no cry. Yeah, yeah. We all the rhythms that are part of our being. Yes. Force it on the spot. Right. So this is what we did so we made a synthesis of fusion since we knew that the, the french speaking or the creole speaking audience they were very much into the rhythms from haiti
2: mm-hmm.
1: more than calypso so we took the creole element and then we put the calypso element into it wow. and we the same repertoire that we had We creolized it and Kadas Lipsu was born.
0: Wow, that is a beautiful story. I did not know this. That is a beautiful story.
1: And maybe we might not have the opportunity of giving you part two. Mm -hmm. Part two of this, there was a record producer in the audience who was so impressed. Yes that he came to me and he said i would like you to come to the studio to do a recording of that music and i was still not convinced i told him no this is we were just playing around Mm -hmm. to make the people dance my music has to be in english because my previous producer always told me don't sing in creole for two reasons the first reason is he thought that i had uh, a bigger chance at reaching the world market in english he may have been right and the second reason he said that my creole Had this Anglo accent that would not have been accepted. He was wrong. He was. Because the people accepted it. He was. So the promoter, the producer who made the offer, I told him no, turned him down. But he said, okay, I'll tell you what. I will pay for you to do two albums. One in this English that you cling to, but I want one in Creole. Creole, not linguistically speaking only, but in the music, as I explained, we creolized it. So, Creole, musically and lyrically. We recorded both albums. The English album. Did nothing at all. The Creole album rocketed us to the top of all the charts. And not only in the Caribbean, in Africa, in the Indian Ocean, in the Kirk Verde Highlands. The producer, the original one who didn't want me to sing in Creole, immediately asked me to come to the studio to do a <laughs> Creole album. Of course of which we had hits like Aki, Akan, these kinds of songs that, that, that have remained standards or have become standards today. Right. So that is the, in a nutshell, yeah. is the genesis of. So I, I can see how we're already learning
0: so much from um, this interview, interview with you in terms of, you know, staying open to the possibilities and not simply saying, "You know, we only speak in English, we only sing in English," because I did have a few family and fans who wanted to ask you some questions for this interview, and that was one of the questions. Do you think if you had stayed singing in English, you would have been more successful? And clearly, the answer to that question is no.:
1: Well, I am not very sure. I'll tell you why. My) first two recordings a song titled love and another one pain of love not a lot of variety in the topic you would say (laughs) but these songs that is it was on this basis that the producer produced the first exile one album right because these songs had gone beyond the caribbean um love as a matter of fact just about last week somebody wrote to me from um holland asking me to correct the lyrics of love that they had picked up from from a recording Mm -hmm. now this is what what 50 years after so love had become a number one hit in a number of countries like Suriname, of course in a number of countries in the caribbean so who knows what could have happened what could have happened yes. but i am very happy that i didn't go that way mm-hmm. it's not because the only thing that this way Probably might have brought me is more financial gain. Mm -hmm. And I don't measure success on financial gain. I think that going the Creole way is I found myself. I am Creole. I mean, when I listen to the radio in Dominica every day and I listen to my people speak Mm -hmm. in English. I mean, ninety percent of the words are pronounced with a Creole accent. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I I hear people every day, and and even our syntax and and our grammar, our tendency of 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 taking off the s where it is needed. We are fundamentally Creole um, from a linguistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Our cuisine, and why not our music. So I think mm-hmm. slip so. And we must keep in mind that this Cadenlipso began before Dominica was independent. Mm-hmm. The popularity of so brought a lot of pride mm-hmm. to I know a, many students who were studying in places like Cuba. And they were amazed that African students would be playing this Exile One and cadence Slip later, A whole movement started with the Graham Axon right. at least 50 other groups, Midnight Groovers, Liquid Ice, and everybody was, I mean, if we had decided to organize that, I don't think it would have worked, you know? i think that it happened at the right time and it started a movement that brought pride that 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 evoked that elicited um uh, people's identity Mm -hmm. so i think that you are right that was the right way to go yes and you've clearly been such a visionary
0: in all of this because you know while i don't think there was much of a music industry to talk about um in dominica but you were sure to ensure that the band was really a business that it had a management team there were copyrights um within the band so what motivated you to put these things in place despite us not really having a music industry to speak of?
1: well as i said earlier i read a a number of biographies Mm. particularly of people like sam cook yes i don't know at what age sam cook died i think it was something like 36 Mm -hmm. which means that he died relatively young but he was not only a singer he had a a a record company Mm -hmm. and, and 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 the company you need an organizational chart with managers and different departments Uh, copyright i understood very early was the most lucrative part of the industry so i knew that we had to develop various um revenue streams so live performances would be one copyright would be another merchandising all of these things so i didn't have to reinvent the wheel all i did was just copy whatever sam cook did yes i i think that speaks very well to what
0: i always talk about with my program that if you're going to jump into a particular industry a particular venture you don't just go on the surface You do the work, you do the research in terms of knowing exactly where you want to be. Now, not only were you a visionary, but you were sure to turn back and invest in Dominica. For example, you're one of the people who's considered the godfather of the World Creole Music Festival, as well as your investments in WISE, um, the West Indies cultural enterprise. So, why? What motivated you to want to give back to Dominica through your investments?
1: Here again, I must say that many successful American artists, they were my primary motivation because I always found it very inspirational when I read, you know, singers, boxers. They would say, I bought my mother a home yes now i didn't have to buy my mother home because my mother had her home different context but i encouraged her to break it down so i could have built one for her (laughs) (laughs) so the inspiration the other thing is to invest within the society where you 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 were raised Mm -hmm. make your contribution yes And there was a a, a little saying back then about when you get to the top, because in the days of exile, when we were at the very top of the regional industry, particularly on on the French speaking side, we had access to radio, to television, to practically everything, everything was accessible so there was a saying when you get to the top don't pull up the ladder
2: mm-hmm.
1: so you yes. you don't use the ladder to get to the top and then pull it up right so i always kept that in mind mm-hmm. and in in retrospect i find it very rewarding yes because i don't like to mention um those that took advantage of being produced or whatever but when i see their success it overwhelms me with joy
2: right yes
0: and, and you know the people who helped to contribute to the questions for this uh, program would be very upset if i did not ask what are your views on world Creole music festival
2: back when it was conceived and what it is today
1: the world Creole music festival to me up to today is an excellent opportunity for dominica it's not too late for dominica to position itself as the headquarters of creole culture creole cultural industry i i I put the slash because to me culture is not cultural industry Mm -hmm. Um, i know back home people often expect the ministry for culture to be responsible for monetizing exporting um the culture Mm -hmm. i don't think so i think the ministry for trade should be responsible for the commercialization of the culture and mr raymond lawrence was pulled up from retirement to come back to do the excellent job of preserving our our culture let him continue doing that right and the ministry for trade should look into the possibilities of how do we commercialize whatever aspects of our culture that is worthy of industry so the world creole music festival has this great opportunity of making dominica this headquarters it is an event dubbed the three nights of pulsating rhythms it was meant number one and i put it in order because this is what um i was told The very first time that I was approached, it 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 is meant to attract tourists to our shores. Yes, and 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 it has succeeded in doing that. From Martinique and Guadeloupe, every year there we have had in excess of two thousand people Mm -hmm. from Martinique and Guadeloupe alone excluding returning dominicans and people from all over the world coming so that's one thing the second aspect of this tourism thing is people may have spent a great time and may want to return not only at festival time but return to discover the island, because the festival is designed in a way that if you attend the three nights, you have no time to visit anything else. Right. So at least you may be inclined to to return. The second thing about the festival, is although it's not done in an organized way, is to promote Dominican artists.
2: Absolutely. And I think that
1: the festival has succeeded in doing so, but only yesterday I read um, uh, something that my cousin, Mikael Henderson, wrote. She wrote on Facebook that after her appearance at the World Creole Music Festival, someone, a promoter, festival promoter from Belgium. Wow invited her to perform at a festival in belgium when she performed in belgium a festival promoter from denmark Uh saw her there and brought her to denmark she also said that carlin xp yes she's she was a guest recently okay well she is bouillon queen yes and she was noticed and scouted at the world Creole music festival to that festival in in belgium no i'm just quoting um Mikel. Mm-hmm. also spoke of a young man called asa benton
2: yes we're familiar
1: and she said that he was doing his thing but when he got to the world Creole music festival He exploded, or or some word to to, to, to that. Mm -hmm. So, so it is promoting local talent. Mm -hmm. What I think is needed, in addition to promoting local talent, like every other industry, we need research and development. Mm -hmm. We need to develop Creole music. Because after twenty years, we noticed that Kassav came something like nine times mm-hmm. and 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 there is no development of of Creole music. If this is our industry, we have to make it our responsibility to develop the product.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So Creole music seems to be stagnating. And over ten years ago, um i was still working with with the organizers of the festival uh, uh, a ue professor dr keith nurse dr nurse easy to remember <laughs> he was employed as a consultant to look into the, the festival and he he said that the the festival was becoming watered down diluted because of the introduction of too many acts that were not really creole music acts and when i say creole music i'm not speaking from the linguistic standpoint but even from we when we define creole music it's not only by the lyrics Creole music, we all know what is Creole music by the beat, by the melody, by by, by the harmonies. So when we bring acorn, then we are diluted. That's what Dr. Keith Nurse, he didn't specifically say that, but I say that to illustrate um, what we mean by watering down the, 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 the festival. So that's the festival, from day one to now Mm -hmm. what i think is lacking is the industry part
2: yeah because
1: the fist the festival is really bringing together musicians from maybe 75 percent of the creole world we have Creole music in the United States, New Orleans. The very first edition, we had um, a group from Cajun, Creole, from Louisiana. We've never had since. We've never had from the Indian Ocean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but they love our music and we need to exchange. I'm in Mauritius, Seychelles, um, Reunion Island. We've never had from the Cape Verde Islands, although that they are not Franco Creole, they are lusophone. Um, Their they, Creole is rooted in the Portuguese language, but musically, um, these countries um, there are two African countries that escape my mind right now where, where, where they speak Portuguese and and they have this rhythm called key zumba which is a spring off from kataslipso and 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 Zook. we should have included all these people and not only the musicians but we need to bring together the record producers we need to bring together the distributors the the marketing people Mm -hmm. and let's make rose the capital of the music industry so so i think that kind of
0: begs the question why has that not been already done why isn't there a music industry in dominica considering we created Kadas, we created buyo we have all this talent so why isn't there a more organized
1: music industry in dominica in your in your opinion in my opinion i think that the 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 government isn't sufficiently advised or convinced that this idea of cultural industry is worthy
2: Mm -hmm.
1: of attention and investment i say so because um the prime minister of dominica the current prime minister has made efforts He has brought together, there is an association of music practitioners, mm-hmm. a- AMP, A-M-P mm-hmm. an acronym, AMP, mm-hmm. in Dominica. They applied for some money to try to structure the, the, the industry. Right. Mm-hmm. The prime minister, I saw a video where he sat and he promised he is going to put up a fund of i don't quite remember it's either one million or five hundred thousand dollars immediately so that things can get started
2: mm-hmm.
1: now i'm in my opinion started misusing that money in in, and not in any fraudulent or illicit way Mm -hmm. but in their choices they decided which is a very noble decision that one of the first ways to start the industry would be to train Songwriters and on composers, how to write songs. Wow. So noble gesture. Okay. And they took fa- fifty thousand dollars and invited. Now this is from the five hundred of the million eh? mm-hmm. <laughs> Invited a Swedish lady who may have had a hit in the United States, and she came down, and she had a session or two at the State College, and she taught a group how to write songs. Now, on, on our conversation today, it'll be too long, For me to explain why i think that while the idea of music education is paramount i don't think that the fifty thousand dollars that they were well spent the second fifty thousand dollars went to a gentleman that was invited to teach record engineers or or would be record engineers he did a week with them and so on and he went back now i figure that the prime minister must have noticed that after in quick time a hundred thousand dollars went the calypsos didn't improve particularly the the calypso's 80 percent were hitting the government so it was uh uh, uh uwp versus labor mm-hmm. in turn this we and that so some writing didn't seem to improve mm-hmm. um neither did the, the sound recordings so that five hundred thousand or or million was redirected to one of our local banks and then musicians were invited to take loans oh my gosh with uh but loans in the regular banking system and they must Mm. come with collateral and this and that Mm. but i think that there was a threshold of 20 or 30 thousand dollars in any case i think the money is still sitting in the bank
0: So, so it just sounds like we have a lot of work still to do, but what would be your advice for people, for, for the, those in, at home and even out of Dominica who have the talent to be a musician, to be successful, given that we don't really have a music industry? And the way I kind of want you to frame this is to look at Gordon Henderson today. What would you advise the, the, the Gordon Henderson of 1973 when you were getting started? What to do and what not to do.
1: Well, in terms of advice, um my friend McCarthy Marie mm-hmm. and I, we've been doing um a few um uh, webinars or whatever oh, on, on Facebook. They're still on our our Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. Where we have been explaining to songwriters, composers, musicians, where they have money that is sleeping. Mm-hmm. So we we directed our, our presentations not only to would-be musicians, but musicians that have been in the business and they don't seem to understand the way that it works. Right. So we identified the question of copyright. So in Dominica, there are many musicians and I, I, I should take back the word musician and, I, I, and make it more specific. Many songwriters and composers who own works that are used on radio on television and on, in, 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 in the discotheques and they have never given it any attention to become members of collection agencies so that they can earn copyright from that mm. and you would be surprised who they are wow. very popular So we have advised them and advised those who intend to get into it, that there are many revenue streams. We also spoke on the question of neighboring rights. So neighboring rights would concern musicians, singers. So, throughout the Caribbean, there are societies where musicians need to register. If you perform on a recording, you are entitled to rights. But the rights wouldn't come to meet you. You must join a society. We give out the names, the addresses, and so on. We haven't been doing that for very long, Uh, just about. A month a month and a half so i don't know what the situation is so neighboring rights get involved and in, in, in that aspect so so i think we have to applaud you because
0: i think a lot of what you're discussing right now you know most mus- musicians go into this because they love playing music they would love for it to become
1: their careers but or the business on, aspect is so lacking them. That again, some of them still, although they are adults, they get into it to get a girlfriend. (laughs) That's true, too. That is true. Now, it's important to learn the business.
2: Yes,
1: learn the business. The story of the passion and all of this is okay. Right. but it's important important to learn the business and know the 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 various revenue streams and and, and, and conquer them
2: yeah.
0: no no i think that is certainly something for everyone to learn but going back to your success and your career i know you've received numerous accolades and awards from all over the world locally and internationally which one would you say
2: is your most the the, the most that you're most proud of?
1: um one of the two awards that i got in washington dc one is from an organization called caio c-a-i-o i think it is and it is not um bestowed only on artists and when i noticed on the list that besides the only i was the only artist and the two previous ones were sparrow and calypso rose wow. i i i i felt humble you're in good company <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 sparrow <laughs> and calypso rose Wow. so this this one um stand up for me
0: Mm-hmm. Now, now, given everything that you've you've accomplished, you've traversed all the oceans, been to um all the continents, do you still have goals? Do you still have aspirations that you're working on?
1: Yeah, um you know I live in in, in France, and one of the French artists who was very international, Charles Aznavoo. He died recently at 97 and he was on a world tour. Wow! (laughs) At 97? Yeah, he was a world war. He didn't complete, he didn't complete the tour. So, um, I think that I like the idea of live performances. As long as I'm healthy, I I, I always look forward to live performances. performances. Um, I still write songs. Yes. But the success of my old songs and the market that I target, there's to be a conflict because when I perform, I may have three generations of people, people about my age, their children that are not very young, and the grandchildren, some of them are are, are teenagers. Now, they all know my repertoire and they're not very interested in finding out what's new (laughs) they want to and it's not only a, a question of music it's a question of nostalgic feelings so they want me to perform my repertoire and bring that nostalgia so i write songs but there is a conflict of interest <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: i think most of us um, can identify with that that the nostalgia that uh, your music brings to us is what we really enjoy so i certainly see um where the conflict lies now i'm gonna get in big trouble if i don't ask this question so as our time is winding down let me just go ahead and throw it in have you ever been approached to have a movie done about your life and if you were which actor would
1: play you? <laughs> um some time ago I was approached to have my my book zookland become zookland the movie. Zookland is not an autobiography, but it is a first-person account of a few things that I encountered um, in my career, uh, as far <laughs> probably my son, Clint, my son oh, Clint okay. could probably play my role, I mean I, he be a great portrayal, yes. he, he's much more muscular than <laughs> I have ever been. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: (laughs) So yeah
1: i think clint clint could be could could do the role
0: yes yes certainly i would agree so as we as we wind down today are are there any final thoughts you would like to leave with our listeners today
1: yeah I, i i would like to thank everyone for that kind of support Because when I entered this thing, many people said, you know, you must be very careful. This career can be very ephemeral, you know? So 50 years later, it's there. And I always like to thank my wife for keeping my feet on the ground.
2: Yes
1: you know so <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. that's certainly. about it
0: yeah certainly and and you know again thank you again for being with us and how might we get in touch with you do you have a website contact information
1: yeah and it's easy it's www.exile1 but the digit one not okay. dot com. yes and will we be able and to I find have, i have opened facebook Two pages open, and I share a lot of stuff from the archives, Mm -hmm. and we have a YouTube channel as well. And they're all exile one with the number one. Now the YouTube is Gohen Global Entertainment TV. How do you spell? Gohen G O H E N. Then global entertainment TV YouTube,
2: okay
0: and on on Facebook are you exile one as well
1: there is an exile one but there are two different Gordon Henderson's okay Gordon Henderson okay
0: well thank you so much for spending some time with us um, today we have certainly learned a lot about uh, your journey your experiences and thank you for being an ambassador in terms of putting Dominica on the world stage. And just wanted a quick question. Do you think that Kadas um, is on the world stage right now? Is that where you're expected to be at this point, or there's still work to be done?
1: It shouldn't be. And I say so because Kadas Lipso was a, 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 a genre of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I think as a society, we need to. Evolve. Yes. Upon slipso Zouk was built. Mm-hmm. So to me, Zouk is the the, the the normal. Unfortunately, bouillon which is a succession of of, of a, a certain type of of slipso because we had a song titled "L'Evenage 3945" that people call chueyu It was a big Hating Dominica trio Truyo. Yes. This was perhaps the first bouillon song because it, it, it leaned on the traditional. When Bouillon was coined as a genre, um, for some reason the musicians didn't follow the cadans Lipsos route. Mm-hmm. They avoided Martinique and Guadeloupe wrongly so because Guadalupe took the bouillon, bouillon, and called it Guada Bouillon mm. and exported it far and wide. Right. We don't have the time, but Soka, as it is today, was born out of Kadanslipso. Mm. The man who coined the name um, Soka, Lord Shorty, mm-hmm. he stood in front of Exile One performing at the Fort Young Hotel, he stood throughout the performance and the following day, he found two Dominicans to assist him in writing a song that happened to be in the Creole language. Udi mwen u piti did a, 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 a recording of it. Mm-hmm. And then he called it Soka, oh, which was goodness. supposed to be a fusion of soul and Calypso. Later on, probably to undermine the small islands he said it was the soul of calypso but there's too much to be said oh
0: it but has- i could i could listen for another hour I, I truly hope that you will join us again because there's so much more to talk about
1: there's lots to that's, that's, it's, a, it's the whole thing Yes. yes so, so, th-
0: yeah so thank you for being with us and we will go ahead and follow you on social media as
2: well as stay in touch with you. Okay. Yes. Thank you for your time.
1: Means, bye thank bye. you.